Hello, welcome to the Lewisburg United Methodist Church podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For sermon notes and videos related to this message, please visit lwbumc.com. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. We are still in the series about the Beatitudes, and today we are talking about being blessed if we are hungry and thirsty for God. And if we're hungry and thirsty, the scripture says we will be filled. I wonder if anybody in here feels spiritually hungry, or do you feel sort of thirsty for Jesus? Anybody have a strong appetite for God? I'm not even sure what all that means. And so we're just going to look into that together. We're going to kind of process what Jesus was calling us to. Here's the first thing we know. We know that when God designed you, when he thought you up, when he created you, he created you with a space inside your spirit that could only be filled and satisfied by him. He thought that up. He knew that you would need to need him. And so he designed us that way. So I wonder why sometimes I don't always feel hungry or thirsty after God. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I feel disconnected and maybe not even that interested in feeding my spiritual appetite. You know, I think one of the reasons why sometimes in our faith journey we feel that way is because we have chosen junk food, spiritual junk food. I want to know if this happens to you. Have you ever been hungry and you rush home and you just kind of grab that first thing that's within arm's reach and you put it all down into your body and you go, why did I do that? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't satisfy. It seems like just a little while later, you're probably hungry again. I'm just curious about junk food. Um, I like some junk food. I'll just tell you. But I know that I'm a sweet junk food eater and some folks are more of a carb and salty junk food eater. So I'm just curious um, if you are a sweet junk food eater, raise your hand. Okay, so I'd like to know who of us are salty, more carb junk food eaters. Okay, look, it's about half and half. What's interesting is no matter which one you raised your hand for, we all have the same result. And that is that it doesn't satisfy. That what we thought was going to give us a good feeling or a feeling of satisfaction always seems to fail. We do that in our spiritual lives too. Sometimes we fill ourselves, even with good things, we think, you know, family is all I need. Or just being out in nature, it's so beautiful, that's, that's where I find God. Or some of us say, it's this relationship. If I could just get this relationship right and and we could be in a good place, then I'll feel satisfied. Sometimes it's just our own selves, just thinking if I could do something better or if I could be more or be less, then I'd be satisfied. You know, sometimes even folks come to church thinking that sitting in a pew, coming to church or being on a committee is going to be the thing that fills them and satisfies them. So I thought I would remind you of a story of a fellow in the Bible that I'm sure you're familiar with um, that was looking not really for spiritual fulfillment. He really was just looking for some junk food, and Jesus calls him out. His name was the rich young ruler. You know this passage from Matthew? And he had three things that the world would say were totally in his favor, and that was that he's rich 
and that he was young, and that he was a ruler. But it's funny that those same three things also seem to paralyze him spiritually. So he goes up to Jesus, and this is what he asks him. Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Jesus looks at him and says, keep all the commandments. The rich young ruler says, okay, which ones? So Jesus starts listing, you cannot murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you need to honor your mother and father, on and on. See, what this fellow was wanting was he was asking about himself. He was hungry really for power. Ever heard of someone being power hungry? This young fella was wanting to feel powerful. He was wanting to say, I've done that. I I, I need to know what else I need to do. I can do it because I'm used to getting by on my own charisma. It's carried me this far, and it's going to carry me farther. I'm going to lean in to the talents and gifts that I have. You know, you may be thinking, well, I'm not really young or rich or ruler, and I'm not power hungry. But listen to this from Forbes magazine that might remind you that sometimes we are power hungry. Are you used to getting what you want? Do you find yourself sometimes getting jealous? Do you spend too much time seeing that the grass is greener somewhere else? Do you speak critically of others? Do you enjoy telling others what to do or how they did it wrong? Your public life is more important to you than your private life. See, these things that some resonate with me and probably resonate with you are signs that we aren't really hungry for spiritual righteousness, but that we're hungry for power. But this young fellow that we're talking about also was hungry for praise. He was praise hungry. Here's what he says to Jesus. Oh, I've kept all those. Now that I've kept all those, what else do I need to do? What else do I lack? See, what he was wanting was he wanted Jesus to say, boy, you are good. You know, I wonder if some of us sometimes are praise hungry. Do you want someone to tell you that you're good? Do you need a thank you often? Do you need a pat on the back? Do you find yourself sometimes wanting to please other people? When I am liked, I feel more confident. I hate when somebody disagrees with me. I talk about myself a lot. I think of ways to promote myself and talk about how I did it better or could do it better. See, those are signs that you're hungry for praise. So Jesus continues to deal with his issues by saying this. If you want to be perfect, isn't that funny? He didn't, God didn't ever say anything about wanting to be perfect, but Jesus went there. If you're wanting to be perfect, do this. Go sell all your possessions and give them to the poor and then come follow me. We all know how the story ends. The young, rich ruler went away sad because he had great wealth. So this fella was power hungry, he was praise hungry, and he was possession hungry. Am I possession hungry? I don't know, let's look. Do I focus on a job that will pay me well? Is that what I want? Do I have more stuff than I could ever need, but I just can't seem to get rid of it? Do I worry and talk often about money? Do I believe that money will make me secure? This young fella had power and praise and possession hunger, and he wasn't able to find satisfaction in righteousness. So the disciples are listening in by this point, and they start to get a little confused because they probably recognize in themselves, like we just did, I might have some of that. 
And so here's what they say. Who then can be saved? Who can get eternal life? And Jesus looks at them and says something so beautiful and so powerful. He says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, he kind of called them all out that you have a void in your life, and that's how you were designed by my Father. But what I want you to realize is that the only thing that can fill it is being with me, is being filled with my presence. These folks often thought they could fill themselves. Who can be saved? Who can be filled? Who can become satisfied? God, Jesus says, it's impossible for you to do it, but it is possible with God. He seems to be calling us to come empty-handed and say, I am empty, so fill me up. You know, I love um, a ritual or a practice that they have in India. Um, when you're a young person, you are assigned a sadhu, um, which is like a mentor or a teacher. And you often go meet with your teacher, and they pour into your life and, and remind you of the good things about who you are and what next step you need to take. I think all of us would enjoy having a sad who. Well, as you go, you always drink tea together. And there's a story of a young boy who was going to see his sad who, and he brought his own cup, as is the custom to do. But when he got ready to sit down and be poured into... As the sadhu poured into his cup, the water, the tea, the hot tea went everywhere because he'd already had his cup half filled. He came with some already in his cup. And so his teacher admonishes him and he says this, go away. You are not in need of me for it is impossible to fill anything other than the empty cup. When you are empty, you may return. Now that sounds a little harsh. But the sadhu was reminding him that when you come to see me, I'm here to fill you up and to remind you and to be all those things that you've asked for. So don't come with your own self and your own ideas and what you think you already know. So all of us sometimes struggle with wanting junk food, of wanting to come to Jesus with just a cup half full, of thinking, well, I've already got this part of my life figured out. I just need a little bit more. But there's another thing we often do spiritually Sometimes we become spiritually anorexic. I'm sure you're familiar with the term anorexic. It means that you are starved, that anorexics can go days and weeks and months without eating. It's hard for them to nourish themselves. And some of us think and hear that and go, well, that is so odd because we know how to nourish ourselves. But anorexics do not. In fact, they get to a place where they don't even feel the hunger pains. The reason they don't feel it is because they're consumed with other feelings of loss, with their emotions, with pain, with some things that are too strong for them to feel, and so they just avoid it. And so their hunger pains are exchanged for just feeling numb. They just shut it down, and they're disconnected. We do that spiritually. Sometimes we are spiritual anorexics. We don't even know we're hungry. We're living on fumes. We're wearing ourselves out. We're loaded down with busy schedules. And all of burdens of life just sort of have wounded us. And we just have no hunger anymore for God. I like the way the message version says this same scripture. Eugene Peterson says it this way. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Sometimes we have to work it up to be hungry for God. I'll give you an example of this. Remember the story in the Bible of the woman at the well? Let me remind you what happened with her because she was spiritually anorexic. 
Jesus came to a town in Samaria, and he was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well, and it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw her water, and Jesus looks at her and says, will you give me a drink? Well, of course, remember this surprises the woman, because men in that day certainly wouldn't be talking to women, but certainly not a Jewish man would not be talking to a Samaritan woman, because they were considered not as uh, quality of a breed as the others, and so they were what they would call a mixed breed, and the Jewish people did not speak to them. But Jesus looks at her, and he says, Oh, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God and who I am that is asking you for a drink, you would ask me for living water. Everyone who drinks my water will never thirst again. So the woman's looking for a way out of her pain and her numb spirit. And so she says, yeah, give me some of that water. And then I don't have to come back here and and come every day at noon. I, I would love some of that water. And then I won't have to draw it for myself. But Jesus wasn't talking about physical, was he? He was talking about her spirit, that you've forgotten what you're really thirsty for. And you filled it with all kinds of things. And he begins to name some of those to her. He says, you've had all these husbands and you've, and you've worked the town and you've tried all these different things and none of it has satisfied you. I'm the living water that you're looking for. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes in life when things keep being hard and you get these knocks on you and wounds on you, I get it that sometimes as faith followers of Jesus, we become sort of numb. We get lost in the pain. And we become spiritually anorexic. But when she sat beside Jesus that day, do you know what happened? He made her thirsty again. Somehow just being with him reminded her, I am thirsty. I am hungry. I do need some living water. So what do we do as followers of Jesus when we get to that place where we want a healthy appetite for God, but we're not sure that we can fill ourselves unless we binge or quick fix or junk food that can't nourish. And then all of a sudden, we feel empty fast. What do we do when we don't know if we even have an appetite right now for God? We have to do what the woman at the well did. We have to move into his presence. If you sit beside Jesus, even just for a little while, sit on your favorite chair with that Bible open, maybe to the Psalms, and you begin to read and you begin to experience his presence, you know what happens? The same thing that happened to her. It's really easy to say, wow, I'm empty. And wow, you're the only one that can fill me. The passage says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Did you catch that promise? If you come before Jesus and you just sit there for a little while and you say, I'm, I'm, I'm not even that thirsty or I'm feeling empty or I'm feeling like I've been binging on all kinds of junk food that I thought would satisfy but doesn't satisfy me. What if we did that? You know what happens? We will be filled with his presence. That word filled in the Greek original text doesn't just mean full. It means saturated. It means pouring out. It means abundance. It means over the top because I've been in the presence of Jesus. I want to close with this passage from Psalm 107. And if you need to feel hungry or thirsty again, I'm challenging you to go home and spend some time in Psalm 107 that says this. He satisfies the thirsty. He fills the hungry with good things. Let's pray together. 
Thank you, God, that we can come to you and say, we're empty. I'm not even hungry for you. I'm not feeling so thirsty for your living water. And as soon as we say that and proclaim it and say it out loud and move into your presence, you will fill us. You will move us toward life-giving living. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this teaching from the Lewisburg United Methodist Church. We pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For additional teaching, resources, and podcasts, as well as who we are and our upcoming events, please visit our website, lwbumc.com.